Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. In the fall each year we all congregate The pals all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a precious Drunk and obnoxious, what you're face Ain't nothing finer in the lane Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing Welcome to the Saturday Night Athens podcast. We are a Georgia Bulldogs show by dogs fans for dogs fans. I'm your host, Herschel Gurley, and I am joined tonight by Zach Tully. Zach is the owner and purveyor of Augusta Golf Collective. He was born and raised in the Augusta area, graduated from the University of Georgia in 2019 with a marketing degree, is fanatical about all things Georgia Bulldogs, and has a very healthy golf addiction. Recently got married to his High school sweetheart and can't wait for the day, like all of us, that a national title makes its way back to Athens. Zach, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. Awesome. Anything Georgia, I'm all about it. Yeah, brother. Well, hey, so first thing I want to know is tell us the Augusta Golf Collective origin story. Tell us about how all that came to be. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so it was, it was really cool how it kind of came about. Uh, obviously, just been a golf addict since about middle school when I started playing. And um, played all through high school and had a few looks at college. And I was dating my girlfriend, which is now my wife at the time. So I was I wanted to stay home, close to home. Uh, and, you know, going off to play college golf, just it kind of didn't work out at the time. So I decided to stay at uh, Augusta State for a year or so. And then I decided I didn't really like it. And I wanted to try and do something else. Uh, so I went off to Georgia. And it was at the time really what made me go up there was Kirby, the Kirby hire. I was so excited about it. Um, you know, Jacob Easton hung around. We had LeCount sign on. I was like, I, I need to be a part of this. I want to get up there because I feel like something special is coming. But I uh, made it up to Athens, and I, I, I kind of got out of touch with golf, hadn't played for a while. So I was like, I need to get back into it. And I felt like, you know, just going to the range and hitting buckets of balls wasn't going to be how I was going to get back into playing. So I was like – yeah, let's try Instagram. Let's, you know, I'm, I'm doing studying marketing. Let's try and make it hands-on, I guess. So I made the page and just kind of kicked it around for a few months. And, you know, it's, it's golf Augusta, the Augusta golf collective, but it started pretty much in Athens. I was just kind of shooting the breeze with a couple of friends that uh, did advertising and graphic design. And I was like, you know, I want to brand this. I want to kind of put something together with it and just, make some apparel and see what happens. So we drafted up a logo and did a t-shirt and man, it's been crazy ever since how it just kind of has snowballed into something that has some, some grounding now. It's really cool. That's awesome. And I, I love stuff like that. We've had the opportunity doing the show and doing our interview series where we've talked to a lot of grads that have gone on and started their own businesses or, 
chase the dream, you know, whether it be musical or athletically or whatever it may be. And um, it's always cool to kind of hear how those things come about and, and where they go after that and the role that, that Georgia plays in all that. So tell us a little bit about growing up in Augusta. I'm interested to know. I mean, I think if you follow golf or, or love golf, you're familiar with the Masters. And, right. um, you know, if you, if, you, if you love golf like a guy like me does or a guy like you does, I feel like going to Augusta and going to the Masters is kind of like a bucket list thing. So what is it like growing up in that environment and kind of being in the backyard, per se, uh, of – I think I think you could argue it is the greatest golf tournament in the world. Um, yeah, I, I think what makes it so special is that it's at the same location every year. Um, and the history is so steep and just so beautiful. And so just talk about that and what that was like. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's like you said, just being in the backyard, it's almost like being behind the scenes and, you know, the other 51 weeks, because it really is. I mean, honestly, as soon as January 1st hits, like it's master's prep time for the whole city. Uh, you know, mid-March comes around, weather's getting a little warmer, the days are longer, uh, the businesses are putting golf carts out in front, and it's it's like it's here, it's coming. Um, so it's just really cool to see the city kind of clean up and dress up and, and get ready to host basically the world for seven days. Uh, and then when it, the when the week's here, man, it's just, you, you don't know what's going to happen. Like you can walk into a restaurant, you walk into any time and you know, a sportscaster or, you know, anybody could just be in there hanging out and say, wow, this is really cool. It's just right here. You know, I come here for lunch on a random Tuesday and now we're here, but man, it's awesome. Cause like, really, like I said, I didn't get into golf until middle school. So I didn't really have like an interest, you know, it's like the masters, you know, my dad's always been a big golf fan. So it was like getting into it. It's like, yeah, the masters is cool. Like I'm all about it. You know, just that one week of the year, like a lot of people from here, but when I started playing, it was like, I mean, it was like, man, I, I'm excited to get in the gates and just try and just try and follow these guys and see the course, you know, eat the food that everyone talks about. So, I mean, it, I mean, it really is cool. Cause I've, and we're not, we don't get badges or anything like that, but I've been lucky enough to go at least one day, almost every year since like eighth or ninth grade. And man, it's cool. Like walking in the gates. Cause honestly, it's almost like the first time every time. Like I'm walking in from guys that are actually walking in for the first time and we're both just having the same reaction. Like it just, it never gets old. It's just, it really is just something else. So I got to tell you my master story. So my, it was kind of a bucket list thing for my dad. It was one of those things he watched on TV his whole life. He really wanted to go. So he turned 70 a few years back and uh, I had a buddy I played college baseball with whose wife's family has passes. Uh, they've had him for a number of years. So I called him. I was like, Hey man, uh, you think it's any way I can maybe get like, um, pre- uh, pass the practice round one day or something like that. Like, and I'll pay for the, for the pass or, or whatever, you know, I don't want to put anybody out. And, uh, so did he text me back and he's like, Hey dude, it's my year. Cause they rotate kind of who gets to use the passes. And he's like, well, it's, it's our year to, to use the passes and I'm planning on going, but I'm, I'm only going to go. Uh, Thursday and Friday so how do you feel about just going for the weekend and I'm like uh yeah are you kidding of course I'd love to do that so my dad and I go down we get a hotel in Columbia and we're just driving into Augusta every day and uh they ended up leaving they had to take flights out so man they left Friday afternoon at like two o'clock 
And they're like, well, take the passes because they got the re-entries for the passes, right? So did we walk in Friday afternoon? And like, to your point, I, I, I said this after we went, I imagine uh, what St. Peter says when you hit the pearly gates is, welcome to the Masters. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. You, you, you go in that, you go into Augusta, and it's just like, I feel like there should be angels singing or something. Like, it's just the coolest place, and the atmosphere is neat. And, like, I didn't know what it would be like, like not having access to phones and stuff, because you just – how long has it been since you've consumed an event without a phone? But I think that really adds to the magic of it, because everybody is so engaged in the event. And, like, I don't know, man. It was incredible. So uh, we heard while we were there – that you can apply, like write a letter to Augusta to be one of the course marshals. And you get to go work the week. So you're like, you're there for the whole week. And then they invite all the folks that work the tournament back in May to spend an entire day at Augusta and play the course and play the par three and do the whole deal. And I was like, I've been writing letters like every year because I'm just, I'm hell bent on doing that now. So yeah, I, I love that. I, I'm just—it was so interesting because to your point, the town just felt alive, and so I imagine that if you're from there, it just becomes an experience that's kind of part of of being from there. That's cool, man. That's really cool. So to pivot off of that, big announcement last week, I guess it was, University of Georgia Athletic Department says they're going to have Top Golf Live at Sanford Stadium. So when you saw that. I guess, what were your thoughts? How fired up were you about that? I mean, that? That's awesome. I mean, any way, any time you can get in the gates of Sanford Stadium, it's special. And now that they're bringing golf inside the gates, that's that's awesome. Because we actually just recently got uh, a top golf here in Augusta. So, I mean, it's been cool to start to go there and hang out and, you know, take some of my friends that don't play golf and say, hey, we can, you know, we just kick it around. You don't even have to hit golf balls. You can just have, have a few beers, eat some wings, and, you know, we just hang out. Um, so it's real cool that they're going to take that setting and just apply it to they're doing that stadium tour. And then to have it in Sanford stadium is, just, it's going to be an experience. And it's crazy. Cause that's actually, it falls on my birthday weekend. So oh, shut up. When's your birthday? The 20th of June. You're lying. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So listen, my <laughs> sister's birthday is June 20th. No kidding. I swear to God. And so we bought tickets today. She's never been to Athens, never been to Sanford. So her oh. first time in Sanford Stadium is going to be playing top golf day before her birthday because we're going Saturday the 19th. Yeah. So, oh, that's so cool, man. So yeah, are you going to go? Dude, I tried to get tickets today, and I was like, you know, I was like scrambling because they're selling out quick. I think they went on sale at like 10 o'clock, and I'm like, God, like, you know, it's kind of like we'll just take whatever time is available on Friday or Saturday. But I don't know, man. Like, I, I think I'm just going to – just grab a few tickets tomorrow and see what happens. Like, or even after this, I just, I mean, it's something you got to do almost like, yeah. Golf and Sanford stadium. It's, it could be a once in a lifetime thing. It's just, it's just the experience. It'd be cool to say you did it. Yeah. So it was interesting. I went to do the sign up today. I got on at 10 and uh, man, like to your point, I was thinking about trying to get something like seven or eight o'clock the tea times then. Cause I figured it'd be cool to kind of see the sunset and then the lights come on at Sanford and hit balls. Dude, there was no slots left after 6 o'clock by like 10.03. I mean, it was insane. I, I will say one of the cool things, and I don't know what the availability is going to be, but uh, I had seen advertised that the Top Golf Live thing does like this VIP experience where generally it's, you know, they, they give you like 
couple black clover hats, I think, and uh, or lucky clover hats, and then they do um, what's the other stuff? I think it's like drink tickets, stuff like that, right? Like pretty, right. I, I think, benign things. Well, dude, for I guess for the stadium series, like really cool. They're doing at Sanford what's called the Bulldog Experience. So if you get this like escalated ticket, you get to go in the locker room, you get on field pictures, and then you get to go into the recruiting lounge is, I guess, where like the VIP bar is going to be. Um, and I mean, it was the, the tickets for that. I think we're almost, I don't know, maybe twice as much as the regular tickets or whatever. But I mean, that's a cool idea, right? Like, what, a, yeah. what a great marketing thing. And I think this just, and I, I have no idea how long this has been in the works, but this just feels like another thing that Josh Brooks had his hand directly yeah. in. Like, I just feel like that was a home run hire and he's just got such a, I feel like big, broad vision for the athletic department. Yeah. And th this is just another one of those things, man. So I, I just think it's so cool. So yeah, we're going to be there on the 19th. We're going to come in on the 18th actually. And we're going to play the UGA golf course on Friday. Yeah. which uh, we haven't played before. So I'm excited about that. And then uh, just kind of hang all weekend. So I think you ought to make your way down there, brother. I'm definitely going to try. Like, I think I'm going to look at – I'm going to try and see, you know, grab a couple of guys because uh, my wife's going to be out of town with a couple of friends on a one of the girls' bachelorette trips. So I'm kind of I'm kind of open, wide open for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I don't – you got no excuses. It's your birthday. Yeah. Come on down there and mix you up some transfusions and smack yeah. some balls around Sanford, brother. I had the same idea. I was like, let's play the UGA course, kick it around, and and go hit some balls where the dogs play between the hedges. That'd be crazy. I know it's gonna be so wild. I'm so interested to see like uh kind of what the dynamic's gonna be like and where they're gonna set up the tee boxes. I mean, you think they're gonna set everything up like in um uh, like where the student section is? That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I've seen them set it up. Like at baseball parks, it's probably a little easier, you know, going yeah. either a rectangle. But I don't know. Like it's going to be interesting. I think I saw where they're only going to have like maybe like a few. Like obviously they're not going to let you hit crank drivers or anything. But um, yeah, it'd be cool. Like the whole like you said the bulldog experience. I was kind of reading about that. That's like that really makes it almost worthwhile. Like that's super cool. Yeah, I thought I thought that was really interesting, and um, I mean, what a great idea! Top golf's smart to do stuff like that. I, I've had a, I had a family member go and do it at uh, the Nat Stadium in DC when they had it there. He said it was just cool, man, because it's like I think you're kind of mixing two cool experiences. Like everybody loves to go to the ballpark or yeah. go to the football stadium, and so you kind of mix that with golf. And he said it was a it was a good time. So I've never been to Top Golf before, so like I've heard it's awesome though. Mm -hmm. My my brother does it a lot when he travels for work and just said it's cool and because it's it's like a game right it's essentially like you're trying to hit targets and you get points or whatever that's how that's how it works yeah they got like a bunch of different things you can play like you know you could just basically just hit balls all you want they have like targets or like scores you can track I mean it's it's pretty fun which we have down here like they actually did the first of its kind it was kind of like a, a mini top golf almost yeah where they only one story they brought in like a a mini or a putt putt type course for like waiting uh so it's oh, like that's cool full, full on two or three story experience like you see in the big cities but uh, it's almost like a smaller so they can roll out in like the smaller scale cities like augusta but i mean it's cool it's fun like it's still the same you know still the same idea same type of vibe and it's a lot of fun i like it so i want to talk a little bit of golf with you i want to talk pj tour golf because obviously the dogs are very well represented on the tour and Harris English recently won. 
And, uh, you know, obviously Bubba has been on the tour forever and been successful. And Kevin Kisner plays great golf and is just an electric personality. And I just like so many, it's kind of a cool thing to watch that, but what do you, what do you attribute, I guess, the steady success and steady stream of talent that ends up at UGA playing golf? Do you think it's a coach based thing or like, what do you, what do you think drives that? What do you think keeps guys like that coming back to Georgia to play golf? That's loaded. And I almost feel out of place like answering that because I'm not one of them, but man, it's, it's impressive. Like, I don't know what it is to be honest. It's definitely a few things. Um, I mean, I think whichever university has a good course that they play on, but the UGA course, like if you learn how to play golf and putt there, like you're, you're going to be a tough player. Like that, that's a good golf course to get good on and your game's going to travel well pretty much anywhere. But I think it also comes down, which I've actually never met Coach Hack, but I mean, I've heard great things. Obviously, his his results through the talking for the guy, you know, the teams and guys he produces after the fact of playing on college. But man, it's just incredible. Like, and in every college has got gamers. Every team's going to have good players, but it just seemed like it comes down to that iron sharpens iron type mentality. I mean, these guys, it's crazy. They just take off after college and, and just start winning. I played with one of the guys back in July, Trent Phillips. I think he's he's a junior this year, and man, it's it's like a different game those guys play. It and is, it's, brother. And then watching Davis Thompson play in the U.S. Open in that first round, it's like I mean, this dude looks like he's been on tour for ten years. So I'll tell you kind of a, a mashup story, but we were at uh, kind of on Saturday. We had found our way around the golf course at Augusta and kind of figured out where we wanted to be and spend a lot of time, and so we we really liked being on fairway at 15 just because it gave you vantage point into 15 green. You could still kind of see the action at 16 and then you could watch the guys tee off at 17 and come up and you're kind of nestled in that pine straw along the right fairway off 15. So you kind of get some, some bleeders drivers that get off, get away off 17. And so no lie, my dad and I are kind of sitting on the edge watching, um, I don't know who was whose approach shot was going in because it was it was a great tournament day. We may have been watching Jordan because Jordan made a big run that weekend. But anyways, Brian Hartman was in the tee. Well, dude, he pulled one and straight into the pine straw. No exaggeration, it was no less than three feet from my dad's feet. <laughs> so like all the marshals run over. They're like crowding around my dad. They're like, don't move, don't move. So they come over. So like Brian Harmon and his caddy walk up. First off, dude, Brian Harmon not a big guy. Okay. It just annihilates the golf ball. Like, I don't know where he generates the power, but it was awesome. So we're sitting there and, you know, we're a couple feet away and him and his caddy, the cool part was listening to them strategize what they were going to do. Right. And like ask the caddy, like, okay, like what club should I hit? What's the wind doing all this stuff? And so they're talking like, you know, how's it going to come out of the pine straw? It's going to be different than it comes off the grass and all this kind of stuff. So we were fascinated. Well, so he like walks up, probably 10 feet from the ball and he's like just kind of looking at it so he walks back and he goes all right i'm gonna choke it a little bit and i'm gonna punch it out of here and i'm gonna wrap it around that tree he goes i think we'll be about 25 feet out if i hit it good and so my dad and i are looking at each other like no shot like there's no way that happens (laughs) so dude he hits this ball so pure and it literally did every single thing he had told his caddy it was gonna do and he was about 21 22 feet from the pin and my dad and I looked at each other like, these guys are freaks. And, like, dude, Brian Harmon's not even a guy who you're going, oh, he's, like, phenomenal golfer, right? Like, he's he's just a guy grinding it out on tour. Mm-hmm. But they're all just freaks. 
Like every yeah. single one of them, the stuff they can do with the golf ball, it's just incredible. Well, let me ask you this. What's your handicap? Like what, what, what are you playing at? Uh, right now I'm sitting at a one. A one? A one. God bless. It varies. I, I've, I've over the, just the last summer, July, it's crazy. I actually had, I got COVID in July. And before I got it, I was playing the best golf I had of my life. Really, I had three straight rounds in the 60s. I was like, this God. I signed up for a few tournaments. And then naturally, before I go off to the first one, I get COVID. Oh. I home 10 days, two weeks. And I come back and, dude, it's like, I don't even know how to play golf anymore. Like, what is this? <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it's that's the best part about the game, though. It's like I show up, me especially, and I know it's like this for a lot of – like pretty much everyone, but I show up and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to shoot 81 or like 69 today. Like there's no telling. Well, shoot, man, a one. You're playing a whole different game than I'm playing, brother. But to your point, I do think that's the beauty of it. Like um, we had Colt Ford on a couple months ago, and he was talking to us about golf. And he's like, you know, the, the thing I love about golf is that we can kind of go around and smack it around. And regardless of whether your handicaps are the same, because of the handicap system, we can all go out and play together and like have a good yeah. time. Right. And I do love that. I, I, the thing I love about golf too, is that it ages with you. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, I grew up playing football and baseball. And so those games have really short shelf lives and mm-hmm. you kind of have a hole when you're done. And I feel like if, if you can introduce golf to kids or whatever, like that's something, man, you get enjoyment out of your whole life. Yeah. So if you were putting top three courses that you've played on, what's in your top three? Top three courses. Uh, I mean, the, the question always comes like, have you played Augusta? And, and the answer is no, I have not played it yet. So I can't put that one on there. But number one, like it just came. I, it was four days after I got married. I got an invite from a friend of mine, totally out of the blue. And I got to go play a hoopie match club down in Coptown about an hour or so west of Statesboro, middle of nowhere. And man, it is, it really like everything you've heard about it or might hear about it. It is that like, it's incredible. It like, I've never been to Africa, but I mean, it feels like you're strolling through the middle of like a desert. I mean, they've got zebras, wildebeest set up in like a big giant pen, roaming pen out there. And the service just top to bottom. It's, it's an awesome place. Love it. So that's definitely number one. Um, and then it's, I don't know, two and three, like everything else is just kind of T2. Like I have so many other favorites. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like we did the Pinehurst trip and that's, that's an incredible experience. Definitely. Yeah, how was that? So, did you play two? I did. I played two, me and my buddy. Uh, how were the greens there? They were, they were great. I mean, they're always good. They didn't, they, de- they didn't have them up to like us open speed or anything like that. Um, but they're, they're probably rolling about an 11, maybe 11 or 12, which is still pretty quick, but we decided to stretch it out. And Dylan, he's, he's about a seven, you know, he'll, he'll kind of BS you a little bit. He'll come out first time you play with him, he'll shoot an 83. Then next time you'll give him your strokes and he'll shoot a 75 on you. <laughs> I was like, we're going to cut this one out. We're going to play the U S open tees where the big boys play on number two. And he's like, Oh man, no, no, no. But man, it was awesome. It was a, it was a hell of a challenge. I mean, I think it's like seventy six hundred yards. Yeah, like you miss the fairway, you're in sand and native grass. Yeah, it, it was a hell of a challenge, that's for sure. 
Have you ever done any like the Midwest or West Coast golf trips, like any of the stuff throughout the kind of Wisconsin corridor where you're doing like Aaron Hills and, and the Kohler area or like going out to Bandon on the West Coast or any of that stuff? So I like fresh out of college, like I'm, I've got a lot on my list. Like now that I'm working and can kind of do these things, I, I'm ready to uh, like I've got a few trips each year for the next few years that I want to take off on. Um, so I haven't made it out there really out like West of the Mississippi. I haven't really played any golf. I've, I made it out about four years ago. I went to visit a friend in LA and I got hooked up with the guys at Melbourne golf and we played oh, cool. LA national. Um, and it was, I mean, it was completely different from anything I've played. Yeah. You know, I'm used to pine trees and bunkers and Bermuda rough and I get out there and it's just sand and mountains. Yeah. It's almost like a desert landscape, but it was, the ball goes a lot farther out there. Yeah. So I, I'm living in South Carolina, uh, right outside of Charleston. So you played any courses down here, down Charleston or Kiowa or anywhere like that? Uh, so I haven't, I haven't done Kiowa yet. That's, I mean, that's, believe it or not, that's crazy, but uh, it's high on the list, obviously. Charleston, uh, I actually have a friend of mine that's on the College of Charleston team. And uh, I'm trying to get up to Bulls Bay soon and play up there. Oh, that was going to be my question. That's that's where – that's kind of a – that's one I want to play real bad. I had a buddy play it, and he said it is phenomenal. Um, yeah. Like, really, really good. I mean, that's Hootie's home course, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking to her this week, and I was like, you know, when am I going to be able to come up and take your money? You know, I need three aside or whatever. He's a uh, – yeah. and he was like, man, I, you know, whatever. He's like, I've been playing Ocean Course twice this week, Bulls Bay on Friday. Oh, Shit. man. What I mean, that doesn't suck, right? No, it sure doesn't. It sure doesn't. Yeah, so uh, we played – my sister and I went out and played Harbor Course at uh, Isle of Palms, and that was fun. Man, it's real, real tight. Like, bring a lot of golf balls. <laughs> um, and she, I haven't played the Dunes course at Isle of Palms, but she went out and played that, and so that was a good time. And um, my dad and I are supposed to go out to the PGA if they end up having the fans. We've got tickets for the Ocean Course because after we went to Augusta, we kind of made a pact with each other that we try to do the um, the fan slam and yeah. hit hit them all. So uh, this one's easy because we live down here, so it's we don't have to pay for lodging or anything like that. So we scooped up tickets for that. We actually had tickets uh, two years ago to Bethpage. And my dad had back surgery like 10 days before Bethpage. We had to cancel a trip. I had to sell tickets. We had Saturday, Sunday tickets to Bethpage. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. But um, we're going to do uh, – We're gonna, hopefully the Kiowa thing works out for PGA. And then U.S. Open, man, my wife and I used to live in Boston, so I'd really love to go up and see it when they have it uh, up in Back Bay where Francis we met won. Um, mm. So that, that would be cool. But, well, hey, you got open invitation. You ever want to come – down to charleston play with us you come on we'll, we'll put it around with you funny you mentioned the the pga because i work with a guy um he's i don't know he's got pga tickets like you said if they allow fans but he's he uh his wife works at the national so he gets to go play on the employee day every year and that day on the weekend of the pga so he's like i'm gonna have these tickets that i can't use so if that works out i might be at kiwa and we might run into each other yeah, man. Well, holler at me because that'd be good. Um, I got one more question for you. And that's if, uh, I guess, kind of two, well, it's kind of two prong question. What were your feelings on the dogs 2020 football campaign? Obviously, weird year. I guess yeah. the question would be, 
did they meet your expectations, exceed expectations, or was the year a little bit of disappointment to you? And then uh, kind of the pivot off of that is what are your expectations and feelings for 2021? Right. Um, so, yeah, coming into 2020, it was, you know, pre-Jamie Newman opting out, I had high hopes. I was like, this this is going to be good. But when he opted out, you know, it's like who else is going to opt out? You know, who else across, across the league is going to opt out? with this COVID because it, I mean, there was like kind of no information behind it. Like at the time it was like, what's really going to happen. So then when the season started, almost, it didn't feel, it felt strange. It was like, this isn't really like happening. It's not really college football, but I mean, they, you know, they pressed on, they practiced, they played, you know, we had to push on with Stetson. There was a lot of controversy with JT, obviously. I I mean, I kind of believed I was reading. I was like, he's not ready. Like clearly Kirby would play him if he was ready, but You know, then after JT's dad came out and said, yeah, he's like, based on what we've seen in practice, this is not like JT's not ready. It's like, I get it. You know, and it sucks that we had to play our two hardest games early in the season, Florida and Bama. Yeah. yeah. But once JT came on, man, it was, it's exciting because now he's coming back. A lot of guys are coming back. So 2020, I would say, I mean, it's almost like a wash year. It's not a huge, like, obviously I would have loved to see us make the playoffs and do more, but. I wouldn't say it's a disappointment, but definitely 2021. Like my, my hopes are peaking right now. I'm like, this, this could be it. Like kind of line it up. The schedule looks all right. You know, we yeah. start off, London, but after that, you know, it, you know, we should be able to roll right through it. Hopefully. Yeah. That's what, uh, that's my co-host boss. And I've talked about a lot is really in a lot of ways, the season, the schedule, reminds me a lot of the 2011 season you remember when they opened up with Boise State in the dome and then Boise State had Kellen Moore really good team uh Georgia didn't play very well they lost and South Carolina had their really good team they had a shootout game two and and just came up a little bit short so they start out 0-2 but then they reel off like 10 straight to go to the SEC Mm. title game and I mean look I'm I'm not uh I'm not one of these folks that thinks that it's just a given that they're going to lose to Clemson. Like I think, no, yeah. I think they are bringing back more experience than Clemson is bringing back offensively. Now we obviously can't say that defensively. Uh, Clemson is bringing back all 11 starters on defense, which hey, good for them. But I think the flip side of that is that worries me less in a 2021 landscape because I think what has been shown over the last two to three years is that it's an offensive game now and you need to bring back firepower and experience on offense. And look, it's not like Clemson's coming back with a covered bear. They've got a phenomenal right. quarterback coming back who got meaningful playing time in a, in big stages this year. Um, but I feel good about how they're going to play in that game. And I think if you give this roster a regular off season yes. to get acclimated to that Munkin offense, I think they showed in that last four or five game stretch, what they can be. Uh, especially if they're fully healthy, right? So, man, I, we're, we're with you. Uh, our expectations are extremely high for 2021, and, and I like it that way, right? I, I want that to be the standard and that to be the expectation every single year. Um, I don't want there to be this whole, oh, we're going to have a down year. I, I don't think that should be in Georgia's vocabulary anymore. I think with Kirby there and the facilities that they have built and are building, and with the recruiting that they can do, if they just put a fence around the state of Georgia, they should never have a down year. 
I mean, if we're being honest. And I think that's what the standards should be and what the expectations should be. And I don't think anybody should apologize for that. Fans, coaches, administration, anybody. I mean, I, I think you just need to expect excellence. And that's, that's kind of where we're at with it. And I think the JT thing was big culturally because I think him making that announcement, you kind of saw a waterfall of guys then go, okay, yeah, let's go back and get this thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that, man. I, you know, this is the worst time of year because, mm. um, I mean, it's great, you know, like from a golf perspective, because golf season is just getting started. PJ tour is just getting started and like good weather's around the corner. And so yep. a lot of good golf coming up, but from a football perspective, this is kind of like the long dry winter, right? Like there's, yep. you just kind of wait yep. with bated breath for it to hit. Well, all right. Well, we're going to, I'm going to close with you how we close with, with all of our guests and we do the smart 16. So 16 questions in honor of coach smart. So I'm just going to kind of fire them at you and you hit me with the answers. All right. All right. All right. What's your middle name? Philip. All right. Who is your favorite dog of all time? Favorite dog of all time, man. Uh, I mean, I think I'm going to be biased just because he was there when my, when I was there and I met him a few times but I mean, I got to just Nick Chubb. Hey, that ain't nothing wrong with that answer, brother. All right. What is your favorite game as a dogs fan? Like what is the favorite, your favorite game that you've ever watched? Right. Um, so the first game I actually ever went to was the 05 SEC game nine. Shockley took over and won. I don't really remember much of it. So I think favorite game that I was able to at least attend was the regular season uh Notre Dame game in South Bend yeah that was it was awesome so who'd you go up there with uh my dad one of my good friends and a guy I work with so we had a great time where'd y'all stay uh we actually stayed in Chicago we did the the trifecta we hit the Cubs game and then the dogs game in South Bend and came back Sunday for the Falcons game that's awesome yeah so yeah my wife and I flew in Thursday night to Chicago, drove down to South Bend, spent all day Friday in South Bend, kind of doing all the stuff uh, that you're supposed to do on campus. Spent all day Saturday there, got up Sunday, drove back to Chicago and did Cubs game in the bleachers Sunday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was cool, man. Yeah, that was, uh, I'm sure you're the same way, but man, I've told so many people, like, I don't even care if your team is playing up there. If somebody says, hey, man, you want to go to uh, South Bend and watch Notre Dame game? The, yeah. the answer is yes. Yeah, was, just, just go. That, like, forever, like, we all still talk about it. Like, it feels like yesterday. That was the best weekend, probably, like, yeah. ever. I mean, we yeah. walk out of Wrigley Field after Vince Dooley throws out the first pitch. There's, <laughs> yeah. a, there's a power G flag hanging in right field over the bleachers, over the wall. And then we leave the Cubs game and walk into a Corey Smith concert. Like, it don't get any better. And then we wake up the next day, Uber on down to South Bend, and we get the, the win in a dramatic fashion. It was incredible. And then yeah. the Falcons, better. Yeah, it was, that was, that weekend was magic, man. It was, it was really cool. Um, all right. So, what's your favorite rivalry that the dogs have? Rivalry, definitely, definitely Florida. Uh, just because one of my best friends is a Florida fan. So, whenever we win, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I actually, I committed the ultimate sin. I got married. Because of COVID, we kind of got screwed, but the, our wedding day fell on the Georgia-Florida day. Oh, man. That's tough. I mean, that's I mean, awesome. 
I mean, we had TVs going, don't get me wrong. I was like, you know, the only time I didn't see it was the 12-minute ceremony. But, I mean, we had it going, and, man, he was all night just talking, chirping. I was like, all right, come on, three and one over the last four. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> My brother and I were in Jacksonville for the game this year, and so they come out, and uh, the line of scrimmage was at our seats before Zeus's big run to open the game. And we just kind of looked at each other like, oh, it's going to be one of these days. Like, this is going to be awesome. And then it it turned into the exact opposite. (laughs) So, yeah. But uh, I I love Jacksonville. That is is easily my favorite just because it's an event, right? Like, the game is what it is. The rivalry is what it is. I think there is a a deep hate and loathing there. And, um, I mean, it's always for the East, I feel like. I feel like that's always the game. So, it always has so much to it. So, it kind of feels like a – almost like a playoff game in a lot of ways. So, yeah, that's a that's a great one. All right, what's your favorite away stadium in the SEC? Away stadium. So, I haven't been to all of them yet. Um, but, I mean, if we're going to factor in, you know, like the niceness of the opposing fans, I really enjoy – I think it's underrated. I really enjoy Kentucky. Like, See, I don't, we haven't been – we haven't been to Lexington yet. That's on our list. We try to do a, a different away stadium each year. Yeah, yeah. And we, we haven't done Kentucky. That's good to know. We'll have to the, check that out. It's I mean, it's like a big high school stadium in Nashville, but it's Nashville. So that's always yeah. cool. But, like, I mean, they're like, you know, we're a basketball school. We don't really care. Like, we know we're not going to beat the Georgia Bulldogs in football, really. So, I mean, it's fun. They're nice. It's a cool stadium. It's a cool place. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I – I say that, but Death Valley's that's incredible. Yeah. I went there a couple of years ago, man. That place, that's that's the college football stadium. It's unreal. Yeah, that's that's a big one on our list. And we've talked about doing that one even if Georgia's not playing, just because because of the rotation, like yeah. you know, they're there like once a decade. So we talked about just doing that one randomly, maybe trying to go to one of LSU's big games and just go and eat as much food and yeah. drink as much drink as many cocktails as we can. So I yeah. Would- from experience, you want to – I would almost say you want to be a neutral fan at that stadium. Yeah, that's like, probably true. I want to go back to an LSU-Alabama game, like, when they're both on top. Like, being the like the underdog, like, opposing team, it's not fun. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can could, I could understand that. All right, what's the loudest home game you ever attended at Sanford? Loudest home game? Um, shoot. Probably – I was the loudest and the quietest. It was – I forget what year it was. It was maybe like 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there. Uh, it was when Gurley returned. He came back after the suspension, I think, against Auburn. Yep. yep. Turned the off. Yep. Played crazy. And then it gets called back on holding. And then later in that same game, he tears his ACL and, like, you could have heard a feather drop in there. It was it was a roller coaster game. That That game was – that game was crazy. That's a good one, man. That was a uh, man. You talk about being sad because I feel like he was just such an. I mean, first off, just electric player, right? But then, just seems like a good dude, man. Like, yeah. you just never hear anybody say anything bad about him, and that was so heartbreaking because he did not have to play in that. That season was over, yeah. and he came back because he loved his teammates and wanted to play. And yeah, oh, man, that was that that broke my heart. I was I'm glad that his pro career turned out well, anyways. Yeah. Because that's right. what you worry about. It's like, God, you hope something, you know, because you like with the Marcus Lattimore stuff, right? Like he, I cried right. for that. I mean, I, that, you know, he played for South Carolina, but some guys are just great players. You respect them, right? And like he was yeah. a phenomenal player. Yeah. And so he it played. just breaks, breaks your heart, man. 
Okay, you get to choose the headlining act at the Georgia Theater. Who do you choose? Ooh, I'm actually a huge, huge widespread panic fan. So if they ever, I'm assuming they will, if they ever come back, I'm going to be there. So that would be, that would be my top choice. That's a good one. Okay. What's the cocktail you're mixing for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party? Mm, I don't know. As a college student on frat beach, that those mixes are not, those, those are like <laughs> death bombs in a, in a gallon jug. <laughs> but, uh, now if I'm just going to drink a nice cocktail, I don't know. I might, I might just take a transfusion on down there. Why not? Yeah, absolutely. I'm all for that. All right. You're back in Athens for one meal. What's the one place you go eat in Athens? Mm, so I don't know if you ever, it used to be Champies on Baxter. Yeah. They've kind of rebranded and moved since then. So I haven't been there since, but um, my wife loves Raising Cane's. I love it too. Like that's, that's the, that's the on the way out meal every time. I'll tell you what I had the other night for the first time. We went up there last week and I had Chuck's Fish. Yeah. Right up on that place. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So well, I think if I, tomorrow, I'll probably go to Chuck's Fish. All right. I like that. We haven't had that answer yet. So I like that. I like different answers. So I'll, we'll put that one on the list. Okay. Do you have any game day superstitions? Game day superstitions. Uh, I mean, in my time there as a student, I would always wear the same socks. I mean, I'd wash them, but I'd make sure game day I'd wear the same socks to the game. And then if we lost, I would throw those socks away. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I love that. All right. What's your favorite Sanford Stadium pregame tradition, whether it's a uh, dog walk, lone trumpet, uh, Larry Munson coming over the, the airwaves? What's your favorite? Oh, man. I mean, they're all great, but I think the trumpet, that's, I mean, when it's dead silent and then it just comes on Blair and that shit, it gives me chills every time. Awesome. Yeah. yeah how great was it too? And they did the mashup for the masters this year. I mean, I could watch that on a loop. Dude. Oh, man. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was great. Okay. Black jerseys. Yes or no. I'm a, I'm a yes on it. The Boise state jerseys. No, but the black I'm all for it. Yeah. Us too, man. I, I love it. I think so much has been made of, you know, God, it's one game, man. They stunk up the joint against Alabama in 08, and everybody's like, oh, can't wear black jerseys, can't do, have do anything fun with jerseys. And it's like, guys, they've won every other game. They've worn the black jerseys except that one. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's not a curse. They're awesome. And, and right. I feel like the other thing is I think it's good. I mean, I think you look no further than Oregon, right? Like, uniforms matter. Kids like mm -hmm. that stuff. And I think yeah. it's great for the fan base, too. I bet you they made so much revenue this year on the 80s throwbacks and oh, yeah. the black jerseys like i mean they just had to be printing money on that so i they should do it man um okay this has been a, a fairly uniform answer although we've gotten some good answers outside of the box but what is the loss you're still not over oh man <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. I mean, this is why I told you to bring the transfusion. Right. So I was, <laughs> I mean, I have a bad track. I'm a start. I have a bad track record for championship games. All right. I was at the Super Bowl when the Falcons lost. And, you know, stupid enough, me and my dad were like, George is in the national championship. We're going. It's in Atlanta. We're going. So we get there. We got corner seats and like the 200 section. And we're looking good. 
And it's like when they said Tua was coming in, it's like everything just happened in slow motion. I was like, oh, because I've heard everything about this guy. I'm like, this dude's supposed to be the best. Yeah. And I'm like, no way that we're like, you know, we've been prepping for Jalen Hurts. And then he comes in and literally, like, he didn't even play that good. He just throws that one pass and he looks yep. off two senior DBs in overtime after he was an inch away from getting strip sacked. Man, that was, I still like, me and my buddy at work, we still like watch it on YouTube. We're like, dude, this is like it doesn't even make sense how we lost this game. No, it doesn't. So I'll tell you, like my my toes and I watched it together. My, so my brother and I had gone to Pasadena for the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. and we like we kind of we talked about it there. We're like, all right, look, we want to go to Atlanta because we've done all the stuff. So, like, we feel stupid not to go do that. We're like, look, we got to be at least somewhat reasonable about this. And so we, like, set a limit on yeah. what we were willing to spend for tickets. And so, like, it just was like, we're like, nah, I think, man, we just we just had this big blowout weekend in Pasadena. Like, I just think we're going to watch it at home, right? And I'll be honest with you, I'm so thankful because the only thing worse than having, like, a gut punch loss like that is being there. Like we were, we were there for the 18 SEC championship game and that entire fourth quarter just felt like somebody was punching you in the face for like 10 minutes. I mean, it was miserable. And then the entire town of Atlanta is just filled with obnoxious Alabama fans. I mean, it's just, it's the worst because you can't get away from it. Right. Well, so dude, we're watching the game and like they are methodically driving down the field for that game winning field goal at the end of the fourth quarter. And I'm just looking at my buddy and I'm like, I mean, it just seems like it always happens. So, dude, when he missed the field goal, I immediately look at boss <laughs> and I'm like, dude, we're going to win. Like, yeah, this is it. Like the winds are turning for Georgia. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> and so, oh, dude, and then the sack, and I'm like feeling so good. And, dude, when he threw that pass, I've said it this way so many times, but it was as if someone had removed all the bones from my hips down and I literally couldn't stand up. Like, I just collapsed into, like, a crumple on the floor. <laughs> like, it was horrible. I mean, that one is just so miserable on so many levels. Oh, it's just horrible. Yeah. I will yeah. say this, though. I do think the 2012 SEC title game is underrated. Yeah. In how painful it was. That, that was that, the magnitude of 2012 or the national championship. Like, you can't not say that one. Yeah. But the 20- SEC game that was like and that that was next because it's like when that game you're like your default national champions like exactly game was going to blow out Notre Dame exactly yeah well I mean you go back and you kind of in hindsight you look at that roster dude that Georgia team was loaded like so many guys on both sides of the ball that played in the NFL that are playing in the NFL I mean just a stacked stacked football team I mean, and so was that Alabama roster, which makes I think that game even more epic. Um, yeah, that uh, yeah. There's a lot. Of, I'm hoping 21 like erases all that, right? Like I, yeah. uh, I'm hoping it's just one joy ride the entire fall. So that's. I'm just stuff. trying. Yeah, I'm trying to manifest that into existence. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm super like cautiously optimistic. Like I'm like this is it, but at the same time I'm like won't be surprised if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's, you know? that's just that's just experience talking. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. What's your order at the varsity? Order at the varsity. So I actually <laughs> I've actually never been to the varsity in Athens. 
Oh, stop it. I've been to the one in Atlanta twice, and that's it. Like, I've never been to the one in Athens. There's just, I mean, which Athens are so much good food. So it's like. Well, that's, that's fair. That's a fair point. We, we've also had guests mention that maybe uh, the varsity is a stop that is, is only appropriate when you have imbibed a little bit and have a right. few cocktails in you. And I, I respect that. I get that. Yeah. It, it is good for that, too. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I get that. I get that. It's uh, I've told this story a ton of times on the show, but I if I'm going to take a flight where I have to connect somewhere, I will try to route the flight where my connector is in Atlanta and I will get the varsity in the Atlanta airport on the way to or from my destination or both if I can connect both times in Atlanta. So that's on my list for sure. Okay. This has been kind of split for people, which surprised me, but there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing noon kickoffs. Yes or no. Oh, hundred percent, dude. Talking from experience, man, like, you have friends up for game week, game weekend. It's like you go out Friday night and it's before, you know, pre-COVID when everything was open till two, you're yeah. not getting free, settling in, whatever. Dude, I'm not getting up. Like there's no nah. chance. Like I'm, I'm crawling in the gates at like 1140. Like, and like I yeah. need to be game. So no, no, it's a no for me, especially the now Georgia's like super relevant and like one of the top dogs, like we should never be before three 30. Unless it's Charleston Southern or which I mean, no, no, no offense to them, but you know, any other school like that, you know? Yep. Agreed. Yeah. So boss has a great answer to this, which I didn't, I, I wouldn't have caveated it this way, but it is a great answer. He says constitutional amendment outlawing noon kickoffs for Georgia, <laughs> but not for everyone else yeah. because he wants to still be able to watch football at noon when he yeah. is hung over. <laughs> I feel like Ohio State exclusively kicks off at noon. Yeah, so I mean, well, that's, I, they need to be there. I'm like, that's okay. Just don't. So I don't a- get that. I, well, I, I mean, I guess I kind of get it. The with the Big Ten trying to kind of monopolize that time bracket. Yeah, but dude, if you're one of those teams or like you're that fan base, and the big game is at noon, that kind of stinks, right? Like, yeah. it's like part of the fun of the game is the whole day buildup, like. I feel like 3.30 is a perfect time. I love it. Like 8 o'clock for the Notre Dame game in Athens. Brother, that was a that was a marathon. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've, we mixed a couple naps in that day because we got up early to go to game day. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was, that was a whole thing. All right, last yeah. question. Yeah. College football playoff, expand to eight teams or find how it is. I mean, I feel like regardless, you're going to have – whether it's five and six or nine and 10 or so on, you're going to have that team. That's like, we need to expand. We are right there. So it's like, I don't know. I think especially you look at this year and like a down year for college football, five through eight, it was kind of like these guys were, you know, they're not competing with, with Bama, Ohio state, or even Clemson. Like, no. yeah, I think four is good. Cause like, it's still, it's crazy how it took that long to get to a playoff system. Like it used yeah. to just, you know, we think you're one. We think you're two. That's what it is. Now, well, think back too to like if if the four had been in place through Coach Rick's tenure, mm-hmm. you know, Georgia's probably in the playoffs a few years. I, the one I it, it sticks in my craw about is is oh seven because mm-hmm. you just can't convince me they wouldn't have won a title that year if there'd been a playoff. I, I just there was not a hotter team in the country at that point in time. 
Um, I mean, look, you, you got to be, I guess, judged on the entire season, and, and they were not good at the beginning of the year. I mean, dude, they got blown off the field at, in Knoxville against Tennessee, against a very average Tennessee team. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the year, I just – I don't think anybody would beat them. So, yeah, I, it's funny. I go back and forth on this. I love it at four. I just love that there's a playoff, right? And I think most years, because of how top-heavy college football has gotten, really four is enough. Um, I think so many years the SEC title game acts as a de facto quarterfinal anyways, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, for us stinks because we've been on the outside of it a couple of times, but um, right. just kind of is what it is, man. You know, you, you win, you're in type thing. So I want to say one more thing. I do think it's awesome that the college football game is coming back and I hate that it's taken this long, but I've been holding on to my copy. I forget what year it was, but, it was the year with that 07 team where we were 99 yeah. overall, one ranked. Like, I still have that copy, and time to time, I'll still crank up my dusty old 360 and play it just because. Like, so I'm hoping I can get us a new-gen version of this team where, like, all right, we're number one again with all these new guys. Like, it's coming. It's got to be coming. Oh, man, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because that was a that announcement fired me up. Like, I, I posted something on Instagram earlier this week that, dude, I've been playing that game since it was Bill Walsh college football, like on Sega Genesis. Like, that's how old I am. And so uh, when they got rid of it, man, it was like a gut punch. Like, I, dude, my buddies and I played that game all through college. And then, mm-hmm. like, then the online stuff was taken over. So, like, even when we separated and kind of went across the country, we would do leagues and like play and it was kind of like a kinship type thing. And to, it just, it's, it's sucked that it's been gone and I'm so fired up. They're going to bring it back. And I hope they do a lot of cool stuff with it. Uh, I, I saw they came out and tweeted to kind of temper it a little bit, all the excitement. They're like, we'll see how things go over the next couple of years. Cause yeah. people are like, Oh, they're going to release it in like four months. And, uh, which I didn't expect that, but I did think, you know, maybe there was an outside window that we get it next year. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be awesome. And I, to your point, I play the old ones with my son. So, like, I have a old PS3, and I'll play the old ones with him on that just to kind of, like, show him, like, dude, this is the greatest game ever. He's like, whatever, man. I'm going to really? play the Switch. NFL Street. If they ever bring NFL Street back, there's going to be some problems with, like, my employment status. <laughs> I'm going to be doing it all day. Yeah, that's what I texted a couple of my buddies. I was like, after they made the college football announcement, and I go, and across America, wives wept. (laughs) (laughs) And marriage counselors rejoiced. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, all right, Zach. Well, that's a sweet 16 or smart 16. You're off the hot seat. Well done. Before we let you go, tell everybody how they can support Augusta Golf Collective where they can follow you on Instagram and all the cool stuff that they can get from y'all's brand. Absolutely. Uh, so you can follow us. Uh, we're primarily on Instagram at golf Augusta. Uh, we're content first. We like to kind of promote the lifestyle of playing golf and, you know, just being relatable. Uh, the merch is kind of second and it kind of serves as a pro shop. Um, whether you're a member at a private club or a local municipal, it's just a, you know, it's a cool brand where you can buy high quality pro shop items. And you know, we think our logo is pretty cool. It's got a cool backstory. It's from a cool city. And you know, we consider it the golf mecca. So, you know, just check us out, AugustaGolfCollective.com. You know, you don't have to buy anything to support us. 
it is appreciated, but you know, as as small for small business like us, it, it's as small as a follow or a like or a share just to get us going. We appreciate it all. Yeah, make sure and do that. Zach and them are putting great content up on Instagram. I mean, obviously check out the Pro Shop too because they got cool stuff. Um, one of my favorite things they have is they have uh, pre-allocated transfusion mix cups, which I have some in route to my house currently um, with their logo. It's just cool, man. I, I love that idea. I, I think y'all have a really good grasp on like the culture of golf. And it's integrated very well into y'all's brand and stuff y'all do. So I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, man, I, I love what you guys are doing and uh, make sure, I mean, look, more importantly, brother, you're, you're a DGD. So everybody should go and support you. So we always want to have dogs supporting dogs and um, wish you all the best. And as we always close here, we always say, go dogs, sick them. Go dogs, sick them, baby. We appreciate it very much. Hey, George is better now. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.